The following recording is from the previous cycle. Today's daf is Gitin daf Samach, and we will begin seven lines from the top of daf Samach Amid Aleph. Sholchul Ibnei Galil, Rab Chelboi, the Bnei Galil sent the following question to Rab Chelboi. Ma'u likrois bechumashim bebeis akneses betzibor. Is it okay for the Balkaira to read from the Sefer Torah that's not a complete Sefer Torah, but rather it's a one-volume Sefer Torah. It's like you've seen a one-volume Nach. This would be a, a one-volume. You have a, a cloth that has either Bereshes or Shmois, Vayikra, etc. The question is, is that okay to read B'tzibor or not? We have a B'yodeh. So Reb Chalbi didn't know. So they went, they asked somebody else. They asked Reb Yitzchak Nafcha. They have a B'yodeh. He didn't even know the halacha. So finally, the Bnei Galil, they went to the Bismedrash. They asked the London. What's the halacha? And they told him that Luchura, the halacha, is that it's not okay, and they based it on something that they once heard from Yonison. That's missing one column in the Sefer in Kairimbai. It's possible. So if a Sefer that's missing just one column, and the truth is, even an Ois Achas in the Sefer makes the Sefer possible, then certainly if you're missing four fifths of the Sefer all you have is Bereshis or Shmois, then certainly it should be a problem. But the Gemara says, it's very obvious why the Lumdim were incorrect. So it could be over there, you're actually missing something. Over here, although it's incomplete, you're not missing anything. You have the entire volume of Bereshis. You have the entire volume of Shemais. Over here, it could be the halacha, being that it's loy mechseb and milsei, would be okay. So what is the halacha? Rabbi, Rabbi Yosef, Tami, Travayo, they both said, Ein koyim bechumashim v'beisakneses. You're not allowed to read from a chumash in a beisakneses. And the reason is, mishum kavay tzibor. There's a discussion in the Rishonim, what exactly is this kavay tzibor? It's not showing proper respect for the tzibor, if you read out of only a chumash, the Rajba says that the covered tzibor is that it looks like the tzibor can't afford to have a full Sefer Torah. So Sefer Torah is not cheap. And it looks like they couldn't afford a whole Sefer Torah. Instead, they only have a Bresha. So they only have a Shemais. That's where the issue of covered tzibor is. An interesting related topic to any time you have covered tzibor, what if the tzibor wants to be meichel on their covet? We talked about this a little, Masechtas Megillah. So in the end of Masechtas Megillah, you have all the halachas of Kriya Satayra. So let's say there's a halach in Shulchan Aruch, and it's predicated on covered tzibor. And now the tzibor, they're mevater. They want to be meichel on their covet. Do they have a right, or do they not have a right? So for example, a father who a child is obligated to respect, or a mother, ha'av shemachal al-kvoidoi, kvoidoi machal. Ha'rav shemachal al-kvoidoi, kvoidoi machal. Melech shemachal al-kvoidoi, ekvoidoi what about a tzibor? Something that a person is obligated to do, mishum kavay tzibor. Does the tzibor have a right to be moichel al kvoidim or not? That's actually a discussion in the Rishonim, and this would be a nafkemina l'halacha. Let's say the tzibor all gets together, and they're not going to have a big hachnasa sefer campaign. They're going to have a barashas campaign or a shmois campaign. They want to be moichel al Covered. Is it something that they can or cannot do? That is a discussion in the Rishonim. Rabbi Rabbi Yosef Tamitrovai, the Gemara continues. Rabbi Rabbi Yosef both said, Apparently, in the olden days, like today, they used to have a special sefer that didn't have the entire nach in it, but it had all the haftaris that were necessary for the respective parishes in the week. And the question is, are you allowed to use it in a tzibor, or are you not allowed to use it in a tzibor? Now, the question was posed, 
whether asal and mikri be b'shabes. Can you use it on Shabbos or not? Now, the reason the question was discussed whether or not it could be used on Shabbos is because Shabbos is when you read the Haftarah. You don't read Haftarah during the week. You lay in Monday and Thursday, but you don't read a Haftarah on Monday and Thursday. The Haftarah was read on Shabbos. Incidentally, there's an interesting Rashi in Perik Bamem Adlik and Avchavdalad Omedalaf in Mesachdesh Shabbos where Rashi says, Matsasi Bechuvas Agoinim, that once upon a time they used to read a Haftarah not only Shabbos after Shachris, but Shabbos laning after Mincha as well. They were Mavatal the Minig, but that's when they used to read the Avtairah. But the Avtairah was always associated with Shabbos. And that's the question. Hai Sefer Avtarto. Asula Mikrivei B'Shabbos. You let her use it on Shabbos or not? So, I'm sorry. So he said Asula Mikrivei B'Shabbos. It wasn't a question. It was a statement. You're not allowed to use it on Shabbos. My time, oh, why? It literally costs it. The reason is because you're not even allowed to write it. And being that you can't write it, it's for that reason you can't use it on Shabbos. And the reason you can't write it is because when you write Sifrei Nach, you would have to write an entire Sefer. The entire Sefer Yeshaya. The entire Entire sefer yecheskel, and so on and so forth. You would have to write the entire sefer. And being that this was a sefer of tarta, it didn't have the whole yeshaya. It just had the portions of yeshaya that were relevant to the haftaris. So therefore, Being that you can't write it, the iser is the ksiva. Therefore, from there it flows that there should be an iser kriya as well. Mar bar of mar. He took it a step further that if you can't write it, and as a result you can't read from it. Then on Shabbos, you won't be able to carry it as well. My time because it's muktzah. If you can't read from it, then naturally you can't carry it either. But the Gemara says, "Belohi shari you're allowed to carry it, and not just that. The shari you're allowed to read from it, and not just that. You're allowed to write it as well. Why? Isn't there an idea that the Gemara seems to presuppose that if you want to write neviim uksuvim, you would have to write the entire sefer? So why then did the Gemara say Velohi that really it's okay? So the Gemara based it on. Some Something well known that the Gemara later is going to discuss in depth. They used to learn Sifre Agoda on Shabbos. How are they allowed to learn Sifre Agoda? Sifre Agoda is Presumably, Teresh Peh. If it's Teresh Peh, you're not allowed to write Teresh Peh. The Gemara on Amit Beis is going to bring what the source is that you're not allowed to write Teresh Peh. But we all know that Teresh Peh, Iatarashoi Lekoisvan, and Teresh Abiksav, Iatarashoi Loimrim Peh. So, how will Rabbi Yechon Lishlakish allow to learn? Sifra Dagadata, and the key word is Sifra, it sounds like it was written Bixav, Valoy, Nitenli Kosev. Ella, what's the answer? The answer is it's true in a perfect world, you wouldn't be allowed to write Teresh Peh. But we know the world is not perfect, and it already started being imperfect in the times of Rebbe, in the times of Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, where there was an unbelievable Yerida Sadaris to the point where people started forgetting Torah. And that's why Rebbe felt a Slasa Islashem, a favorite Torah sometimes in order to preserve the Torah, you have to be made for something. You have no choice but to violate a certain halacha. And he went and he wrote the Torah Shabbat Peh. So keep it And that's why Rabbi Yechon Rish who lived after Rebbe, Rabbi Yechon was the Talmud of Rebbe, he was allowed to learn Sifra Dagadatah. Because this was after the Islas Islashem. So Hachanami, even though it's true in a perfect world, you wouldn't be allowed to have this safer 
Aftarta. Every shul would have in it a, a volume of Yeshaya and Yecheskel so that they'd be able to learn the Aftarta, but it's not so practical. And in a world of Yeridus Adairis, not every shul could have that, and therefore, Kibbutzle Efshar, Islas, Islashem, Echa. So it's true, really, you shouldn't be able to write it, which means you shouldn't be able to read from it, which means on Shabbos you shouldn't even be able to carry it. But there is a concept of Islas, Islashem, Echa. Where do you find this concept? What's the Gemara's Makar? The fact that Teresh is allowed to be written. And how do you know Teresh can be written? You know that from Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish. Because they were Ma'ayim B'Sifra Agada to B'Shabbatah. They used to learn Sifra Agada on Shabbos. I volunteerly kosev. It must be that Eis Lase Slashem they favor Teresecha. So there's different ways that you can tackle this Gemara from a rate perspective. But just one Ha'aretz. Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish used to learn Sifra Agadita B'Shabbatah. So what exactly is Sifra Agadita and why did they learn it on Shabbos? If you take a look at Rabbi Yaakov Emden in his Agoyis Yaivetz on this Gemara, says Rabbi Yaakov Emden that Sifra Agadita over here is referring to Chochmas HaEmes. Hu Sha'anu Koyrun Kabbalah. Kabbalah. During the week, they didn't learn Kabbalah. During the week, they learned. That's what they used to learn. But on Shabbos, they didn't learn because halachas, it's a very intense limud. So it's something that they don't want to learn. And just like we find as halacha, it's a Mishnah that when a Rebbe learns with his Talmidim, he should have learned something new on Shabbos. Shabbos is for Chazor. It's not to learn something that they haven't learned before. And the reason is, because it's difficult. You don't want to learn something too difficult on Shabbos. Rabbi Yechon Rish Lokish, in that same vein, they didn't want to learn the difficult sugis in Shabbos. That was difficult. What was not so difficult? Kabbalah. So to them, Kabbalah was a likely mud. So Sifra Dagada, to which Rabbi Yechon Emden teaches as being Kabbalah, that they could learn on Shabbos. But Yema'ayinim B'Shabbos, V'Divri Agado, and the reason is, Shemeshechas Halev, Mipnei Oynik Shabbos, Viktushas Hayoy, so if you really analyze it, it's saying three things, three reasons why they used to learn Sifri Agalat on Shabbos. Number one, because it's not as difficult, and they don't want to learn something too difficult on Shabbos. What's the makar to that? You don't teach children something new on Shabbos because it's difficult. That's number one. Number two, it's Meshech HaSalev. It's very interesting. And being that it's very interesting, there's an idea of Ayinuk Shabbos. And then finally, Sifrei HaGod is not something that every person zoichet to comprehend. And they felt that being that the Limud is Kodesh Kodashim, and Shabbos is Kodesh Kodashim, on Shabbos they would be more Mesugal to understand the Chachmas HaEmes, they'd be more Mesugal to understand this, and that's, as a result, for that reason that they used to learn on Shabbos. The truth is, we've spoken out this idea for Yaakov Endo, we learned Mesech and Sundarim, on that Mishnah of it's a mission in the Dorim, Lamed Zayin. So we spoke out then, Rabbi Yaakov Emden, what he writes in the Siddur Yaivetz. And there he says it very, very sharp. I'll just read to you a few excerpts. It goes without saying that a person on Shabbos should not learn something that's too deep. Says Rabbi Yaakov Emden, because that is... You're defiling the Shabbos by working too hard. You can work too hard physically, and you can work too hard mentally, intellectually. And a person that's going to delve into the real deep sugis and shas on Shabbos, Rabbi Yaakov Emden's Loshin is Shegamze Nechshav Chil Shabbos. And he bases it on the Salacha that you're not with Tinoikis, but Chil Shabbos. He has another Gemara, Shabbos Kufiotes. 
So I'll just skip a little bit. And he says it's just like there's an idea that you're not supposed to talk on Shabbos about things that you talk about during the week. You're not supposed to walk on Shabbos the same way that you, you don't dress the same way, you don't eat the same foods, you have your Shabbos clothing, you do Everything different on Shabbos than you do during the week. So too says Rabbi Yaakov Emdim. Shlayasku by Shabbos. Your limit at Torah on Shabbos should be different than your limit at Torah is during the week. Tzarech lahavdul yoyim a Shabbos bechol davar. Shafilu halimud hakadosh tzarech liyos tainuk. V'lo yeheka masa oved vavoyde kasha. Nachin adavar etc. It's just interesting that he doesn't bring this gemara. So he has a gemara in Shabbos kufiyotes. He has a gemara in the Darm Lamedzayin on the base. He doesn't bring this gemara here with Rabbi Yechon Rishlokish. So my first reaction was. That Lishi Tassai, the way he touches the Gemara here and getting Nafsa Muhammad Aleph, that they didn't learn Sifrei Agadita. They didn't just learn Agadita Gemaras or Ein Yaakov. What they learned was Chachmas Ha'emes. They learned Kabbalah. So it's Kabbalah. I thought it's probably just as intense, if not more intense, than a regular Levon. But Rabbi Yaakov Emden is a It's the same Rabbi Yaakov Emden on this Gemara does have his whole piece where not learning real difficult sugis is an, a concept of Oynik Shabbos, so why he didn't bring the Gemara over there, I'm not sure, but he clearly is Lishi Tosoy in his Agois Yaivitz in Masechtis Gittin, Bafsamach of Aleph. If you want to look up the Siddur Yaivitz, it's in Chelek Rishon, page Tof Shin Lamid Either way, Zokta Gemara Vaita. Boy, Menea Bayami Rabbo, Ma'u Lichtoid Megillah, Letinoik, Lislamid Ba, are you allowed to write one portion of the Torah that you want to teach to your Talmidim? So now we have Chumashim, these things are sort of points, but let's say you're going to write on a cloth a portion of the Torah, you're going to give it to the kids in your class like this, they'll have parshas Bereshus, Noyach, is that something you're allowed to do or not? Does it have to be an entire Sefer Torah? Says the Gemara, and we can pose this question, both according to the Manda Omar, that holds Torah, Megillah, Megillah, Nitna, which means that when Moshe Rabbeinu wrote the Torah, who wrote the Torah? Moshe Rabbeinu. We'll see in a minute what exactly that means. You have to be very careful. You have to walk a very fine line when you talk about the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu wrote the Sefer Torah because it's sometimes misunderstood and if you misunderstand it too badly, you could be bordering on Kfira. So that's a very sensitive point. But Moshe Rabbeinu wrote the Torah. And when Moshe Rabbeinu wrote the Torah, did he write it Megillah, Megillah? So Hashem told Moshe what to write or as the events took place, in the Midbar, during Moshe Rabbeinu's lifetime, in real time, he sat down. There was a tzivit for the Mishkan. Let's write about the Mishkan. This week's parasha, Trumba, Tetzava. Then they actually build the Mishkan. Oh, now we're going to write. Vayakel, Pekudai. Is that the way it played out? Or, that's the, what one mandamer holds, Torah Megillah, Megillah Nitma. There's another mandamer that says that Torah Chasuma Nitma. That Moshe Rabbeinu, at the end of his life, at the end of the 40 years of the Midbar, right before he died, Moshe sat down, wrote the entire Torah, and he gave it to the Yidin in one swoop, one shot. So was it written piecemeal, and it was just put together at the end, or was it all written together? So it says the Gemara that this Shiloh of whether you can write a chilek at the Sefer Torah and give it over to children is a Shiloh, both according to the Mandama that holds Torah, Megillah, Megillah, Nitna, and according to the Mandama that holds Torah, Chasumah, Nitna. How so? Give the Megillah, Nitna. Being that the Torah originally was written, Megillah, Megillah. So, Kaisvin, so why should we not be able to? If Meshavet wrote the Sefer Torah that way originally, why can't we 
we now write the Sefer Torah Megillah Megillah to give the Talmudim and Tiboyla Oydilma, or perhaps given the Itpik Itpik. It's true, Moshe Rabbeinu wrote it that way, but then he eventually put it all together, and once it was put together, it became one complete Sefer Torah. Maybe at that point, despite the fact that it was written Megillah Megillah, it doesn't matter. Now that it's one Sefer Torah, you can't write a Megillah Megillah. But do you say that being that it was given originally in, as one Sefer Torah, it was never written in Megillah, we can't write a Megillah Megillah either. Maybe there's a concept like we had in the Gemara earlier on the Yomit. You're not allowed to write a Megillah Megillah. Why not? He gave him the perfect answer. Because you're not allowed. Is that so? The mission is talking about great things that I think it was Hilmi Amalka made contributions and donations that she made to the Beisam Mikdash. And one of the things she did was, is the, she had a Parshas Soita, right? we're familiar with the Parshas Soita, engraved on a tavla, on a tablet that was made out of gold. And the purpose of it was, is that when the Kehanim would write the Parshas Soita, if they ever had to, so they would need a Sefer Torah. They didn't know it by heart. Maybe they weren't even allowed to write it by heart. So they would look at the Tavla and they would just copy word for word exactly what was written on the Tavla. What's the question? It sounds like you're allowed to write one Parsha in the Torah on its own because this Tavla shells off had in it one Parsha. It didn't have the whole Sefer Torah. All it had was the Parsha Saita. So you see the Torah can be written Megillah Megillah. So if it was allowed to be written Megillah Megillah, for the Parsha Saita, then to teach Talmidim, you would argue the same thing. No, maybe all you had was Rosh Tevis. You didn't have the actual psukim, the actual words in the Parsha, but it was like one long acronym. But I'll ask you a question from another Brahe When the Koyan wrote the Parsha Saita, he would look at what he was writing from, the tavla, and he would then write what he saw in the tavla. Says the Gemara, he didn't write exactly what he saw in the tavla, because what he saw in the tavla was Rashi Tevis. He wrote Be'erich, what he saw in the tavla, because he took the Rashi Tevis, he actually spelled out the words. Eisve, another kashik, shukhoisev, rei betavla, vekhoisev, mashikosov betavla, amahu kosov betavla. So this Brisa adds one line. What did it actually say in the tavla? It said as follows. Im shachab, im shachab. And the Brisa starts listing the actual psukim, and that's what was written in the tavla. So you see clearly that it's the real psukim that were written in the Tavla. So you see then you could write at Megillah Megillah, but the Gemara says, you still don't have a raya. It could be Beserugim. Rashi says it could be the first word of each Pasuk was spelled out, but then afterwards all the subsequent words were only written Rosh Hashanah. So part, from this Bryce you see that part of the parsha was written out, but not the entire parsha. And even in the Tzad, that you're not allowed to write, the Torah, Megillah, Megillah, it would mean the entire parsha. But if only some of the words were spelled out, but the others weren't, everybody would agree that it's okay. And it's for that reason you have no raya from the Tavla Shel Zob that had written on it the parsha Saita, that this is going to be okay. But the Gemara says, Kitanoi. In fact, it's Machlick Kitanoi. Eight kids from Megillah, the Tidak, you're not allowed to write one portion of the Torah to give over to a Tinoik so the Tinoik should be able to learn from it. If you're just in the middle, you're a cipher, and you're in the middle of writing a Sefer Torah, and now you only have Bereshis, and you have a Tinoik that wants to learn Bereshis, so then you can give it to him. But as long as it's 
Daita Lahashlam. If it's not Daita Lahashlam, then it's going to be a problem. Rabbi Yehudaim, Rabbi Yehuda says, No, it's not a problem. You can write certain parashias of the Torah, even if it's not Daita Lahashlam. For example, if you want to write from Bereshis until the Der Hamabel, that's pretty much Parshas Bereshis, it's okay. Or Bateris Koyanim, if you want to write from the beginning of Sefer Vayikra, Ad Vayehi Bayemashmini, Parshas Vayikra and Sav, that's considered one Parsha, because it talks about Rashi says, the Tzivoy HaKarbonos, so that's something that would be okay. Meaning, Rabbi Yehuda argues with the Tanakhama. According to the Tanakhama, unless it's Taitu Lahashlam, but really you're not allowed to. Rabbi Yehuda says, no, you could, as long as it's a complete parsha, such as from Bereshis until the Deramabal, or from Vayikra until Vayibayim Hashmini. In other words, it's a Machloikis Tanayim. So we mentioned here, Machloikis in the Gemara, whether the Torah was given Megillah Megillah or the Torah Chasuma Nitna, so the Gemara digresses to discuss that child. Um, Rabbi Yechon, Mishum Rabbi Noah, Torah Megillah Megillah Nitna, and how do you know the Torah was given piecemeal? Shanemar Oz Amarti, this is Moish, this is David Amalek talking. He ne Bossi be Megillah Sefer Kosovola. So, what does this mean? So, it's worth seeing Rashi inside. Oza Marti, Dibar Maskal, Oza Marti, Kach Omar David. Oza Marti, Kishiro, Lai Shol, Vidoyg, Lepaislein, Beloved Bekal, when Shol, Hamelech, and Doyego, Adoimi, they attacked me. They wanted to disqualify me, not just from being a Melech, but they wanted to disqualify me from even marrying into the Kal, under the premise that my grandmother was Rus. Rus was from Moyav, she was a Moyavia, and the Torah says, Lo Yavoy, Amoyni, Moyavi, Bekal Hashem. But who are the base Medrash? And what happened? How ultimately said David Amelach was I allowed into the Kal? So it's a Gemara Masechtas Yavamis because they darshin Amoyni Veloy Amoynis Moyavi Veloy Moyavi. So it's true. It says in the Torah that Amoyni and Moyavi are not allowed to enter the Kahal. However, it's only an Amoyni a male. It's a Moyavi a male, but the female. And Amoinus Amayavis is going to be okay. So, Ozamarti, Hine Basi, Achshav Basi Laklau. Because of this drasha of Mayavi, Valer Mayavis, David Amalek was allowed into the Kahal. So he continued and he said, Ozamarti, Hine Basi, be Megillah Sefer Kosovalai. So, Rashi, may I realized that from the time that the Torah was given. I was already mentioned in the Torah. Where is David Amelech mentioned in the Torah? The Eshtei B'nosayich Hanimtzois. And this is referring to the daughters of Lloyd. So when the Malachim come and they save Lloyd and his wife, who ultimately dies, and, Lloyd, and Lloyd's daughters, so the Pasuk mentions the two daughters of Lloyd. Says David Amelech, this is a drush from David Amelech, that what did it mean, V'shtei B'nosayich Hanimtzois, B'schus David, She'asa Lotzeis Merosa Me'aviyah, V'nama Ha'amoynes Imashor Chavon. It's in the schus of two tzaddikim that were going to come, one from one of Lloyd's daughters and the other from the other of Lloyd's daughters. One came from Moyav, that was David HaMelech, who came from Rusa Moyavia, who came from Moyav, who was one of Lloyd's daughter's sons. And the other one was Nama Ho'amoynes, who's the Shloyma HaMelech's wife or mother, who comes, Imay Shalrechavam, who, Shloyma HaMelech's wife, who comes from Amoyn, who's the other one of 
But what's the point? So David HaMelech said that there was a time where there was a tumult. Am I allowed to enter the Kal? Am I not allowed to enter the Kal? Why not? Because I come from a Mayavi. And it says in the Torah, But Ozamarti, I'm allowed to enter the Kal. Why? Because the Megillah is safe for cost of a life. Because there's a passing in the Torah that mentions me. Which passing in the Torah? In Parshas Vayera, Vashnei, now, how did David HaMelech refer to that Pasuk in the Torah? B'megillas sefer kosovalai. Al-mazok rashi megillah ikri. So you see, the Torah is sometimes called a megillah. And then Rashi explains. What, what's the significance of that? Mishum, the metchilah nichtava megillah is beratious. Because the Torah starts with megillah is beratious. V'hadar, megillah is noyach. So you accustomed to thinking of Parshas Bereshis and Parshas Nech. It's Megillas Bereshis, it's Megillas Nech, Vahadr, and then afterwards, Megillas Avram. I know the cover, Megillas Avram, cost of a lie. But either way, David Amalek is mentioned in Parshas Vayera, which is Megillas Sefer, which Megillah, not Megillas Esther, not Megillas Seicher, Megillas Avram. What's this Megillas Avram? It's that portion of the Torah that discusses the, the story, the events that happened during Avram Avinu's lifetime. Either way, you find that the Torah is referred to as Megillah. argued, and he said that Torah was written in one swoop. Take the entire Sefer, it's all the way in the end, and Parshas has Nitzavim, Hazino, it's in the end of the Torah. You see that we're referred to the Torah as one complete. So what's Rabbi Yechanan going to do with the Pasuk? After the Torah was all put together, then it's a Sefer Torah. But it doesn't mean that it was written that way originally. Now you find that the entire Torah is called Megillah. Just, like just because there's a reference of Megillah Sefer, it doesn't mean it's referring to one Chelek of the Sefer Torah, as if to say the Torah was written Megillah, Megillah. The entire Sefer Torah can sometimes be referred to as Megillah as well. Inami says the Gemara, another beer in what the word Megillah could mean according to the Mandama that holds that the Torah wasn't given Megillah, Megillah, it was given Chasuma, the Kid Rablevi. Rablevi, Rablevi says, there were eight parashiyos that were said on the day that the Mishkan was erected. So when was the Mishkan actually erected? So they started planning and building the Mishkan on Sukkot, Tesvav Tishrei, Moshe Rabbeinu came back on Yom Kippur, Luchai Shniyos, Vayem Rashem, Salachti Kidvarecha, the Vilna Goyen and his Pirish on Shirashir, who famously makes a cheshben that they spent a couple of days trying to run the campaign, and then eventually they started building the Mishkan, it was on Sukkot, that's when the Anani Yaakovit came back, that's how the Vilna Goyen answers the Torah's question, why we celebrate Sukkot in Chaydesh Tishrei, not Chodesh Nisan, which is when the Yidden left Mitzrayim. The whole purpose of Sukkot is Eichel and Aniyakov. It shouldn't be during Chodesh Nisan. So the Gros said, it's true. We got that Aniyakov originally in Chodesh Nisan, but then the Yidden lost it after the Chet Egel. They got it back when they started building the Mishkan. And when did they start building the Mishkan? It was on Sukkot. It was Tesvav Tishrei. That's when the Aniyakov came back. That's why we celebrate Sukkot on Tesvav Tishrei. But either way, they started building the Mishkan Tesvav Tishrei. They completed it. I believe it was Chodesh Kislev. But 
they didn't actually have the Chanukah Mishkan until later. They pushed it off. They pushed it off until Rishchidosh Nisan. The last seven days before Rishchidosh Nisan were the Shiva Simeam Maluim. Those were the seven days when Moshe Rabbeinu did the Avodah. Moshe wasn't going to be the Kohen Gadol. He was supposed to have been the Kohen Gadol. But because of his seven day negotiation with the Kaddish Baruch, who says the Balaturim in the beginning of Parsha Shmini, he was punished. He lost the ability to be the Kohen Gadol, but he got it for only seven days because he went back and forth with Hashem for seven days. See, he's only going to be the Kohen Gadol for seven days. So the last seven days of Chodesh Adar, that's the Shiv Zimei Meluim, some shuls you don't say Tachnon, that's what that's about. It's the seven days that Moshe Rabbeinu inaugurated the Mishkan by he himself being the Kohen Gadol. Rish Chodesh Nisan was the eighth day, Vayihi Bayoim Hashmini, it's not the eighth day of the month, it's the eighth day from when Moshe Rabbeinu started doing the Avodah. It's the eighth day of Avodah Samishkan, which is the first day of the month of Nisan, Rishchidosh Nisan. It was on that day that Hukam Hamishkan. So says the Rabbi that on that day, that Shokam by Hamishkan, there were eight parashiyas in the Torah that were said. And Eluhe, parashas Kayhanim. The parish of Kehanim. Rashi says that's parish of Samar. Right in the beginning of parish of Samar, you have all the halachas of the Kehanim. It was said on that day. That's the day the Kehanim was started doing the Avoida. That's when they got their Kedusha. That's when the halachas of Parshas Kehanim became relevant. U Parshas Leviyim. If there's going to be Avoida, you have to have Leviyim. Leviyim Beduchanim. They have their role that they have to play. That's in Parshas Baloyscha, Rashi says. U Parshas Temeim. The Parsha of Pesach Sheni. Take a look at Rashi, why you had not have the parasha of Pesach Sheni on Rishchidosh Nisan. If there's going to be a Mishkan, there's a Machne Shechina. Anyone that's told me is not allowed to enter Machne Shechina. Now we have to have the parasha of Shiluach Tameim. Then anyone that's told me has to stay far away from the Mishkan. Which discusses the fact that was also necessary on that day. Incidentally, Parshas Achrimois begins with Misas Nodavaviu, which of course happened on that day. It was Vayibayevashmini. The Gemara says in Masechtas Megillah that the reason Vayihi is the word used to reference Rishchidosh Nisan, which seemed to have been such a happy day. It's the Yem HaKamas HaMishkan, is because there was a silver lining to that day. Although the Mishkan was built on Rishchidosh Nisan, but another of Avihu died on that same day. And being that they died on that same day, there's an element of Ayihi, there's an element of Lashon Tzar. Uparshish Tuyayayin, the halacha, that someone that Tuyayayin is not allowed to do the Avodah. Uparshish Neirois, Rashi says that there was no Hadlokas Neiris until that day. It sounds like Moshe Rabbeinu never lived the Menorah. Uparshas Paraduma. And finally, the Parsha of Paraduma. Why the Parsha of Paraduma? Now, the Paraduma has nothing to do with the Mishkan, right? What was the purpose of the Paraduma? It wasn't a carbon. There were two quasi carbonos that were brought outside of the base of Mikdash on a consistent basis. One was the Paraduma that was brought on Harazesim, and the other one was the Sar Mishtalech that was brought in the Midbar. The Ramban says in Parshas Achrimais, it's for that reason that. Para Aduma and the Sar HaMishtaleach are always referred to as the Chukei HaTorah. Zoyz Chukas HaTorah is Para Aduma. And you find the Sar HaMishtaleach also in Chazal as being the Chukas HaTorah. A regular carbon is not called Chukas HaTorah. That we're supposed to understand on some level. What we can understand is the Para Aduma and the Sar HaMishtaleach. And the reason is because those were Hakrovas that were brought outside of the Beis HaMikdash. I mean that they were brought outside of the Beis HaMikdash. It looks almost like a Hakrovas Chutz of some sort. But either way, that's the parsha of Paraduma, which was brought outside of the Mishkan. So if it was brought outside of the Mishkan, why did they have to wait until Rishchei Nisan in order to bring the 
paraduma, they could have brought it beforehand. They didn't need a mishkan for it. So Rashi asks the question. And Rashi says that the reason is because the Torah says that although that krova of the paraduma was done on harazesim, it wasn't done on the makam mikdash, but the Pasik says, Vehiza el noichach that when you spritz the dam of the paraduma, it should be in the direction of the oil moed. So if there's no oil moed, you can't be makayim. Vehiza el noichach So it's for that reason that you had to wait until Rashkhaidash Nisan in order to bring the Paraduma, because to be Mekayim, this Pasik of there would have to be an oil moyet. I once thought perhaps a different shot. The Mishnah says in Masech Tishkalim that the Paraduma was financed by the Machtas HaShekel. So the Trumas Alishka, the Machtas HaShekel was what they used to bring the Paraduma. Now just a little history. When did they bring the Machtas HaShekel? So this is very much in Yon It's the first Mishnah Masech Tishkalim. Be'echod ba'adar so yes, it was Rishchei Deshada. On Rishchei Deshada, maybe other base. But the Echad Ba'ada was when Mashmian Alashkolim. They used to make the announcement that every single year, near or far, it doesn't matter where he lived, would have to send his Machsa Shekel to the Makam Amikdash. And the reason is, is because they used to start using the new Machsa Shekel, Rishchei Nisan. Rishchei Nisan was the fiscal year for Machsa Shekel. The purpose of the Machsa Shekel was to finance all the carbonized seabird, whether it was the carbon tomid, the musafin, etc. It was all financed by the Machsa Shekel, and, but there was a, a fiscal year. So Machsa Shekel that you collected a Tavshin Ayin Hay couldn't be used for Karbanis that you were going to bring a Tavshin Ayin Vav. So what was the cutoff? It wasn't Rishchidosh Tishrei. It was Rishchidosh Nisan. That's when the new year started. So the first Truma Salishka in history was Rishchidosh Nisan. That's the date. And it's based on Gemara is your Shalmi and Mesech Tishkola. So if the Paraduma had to be brought with the Machsas HaShakel, and you didn't have Machsas HaShakel until Rishchidosh Nisan, so I think it's back of the envelope arithmetic, it wasn't possible to have the Paraduma until Rishchidosh Nisan. Rashi's bothered, why did you need to have to wait until the Mishkan in order to have the Paraduma? The Paraduma wasn't brought in the Mishkan, it was brought in Harazesim. So Rashi says, Alam Deshepshat. He says, because there was a din of the Hiza El Noichach Pnei It had to be in the direction of the Oyomayed, you have to have an oil moyet in order for it to be al pnei oil moyet. Could be another pshat. You need a machsa shekel. You didn't have the machsa shekel. Because the Truma Salishka happened first on Rosh Nisan. Either way, says the Gemara, that it could be the mandam that holds Torah chasuma nitna. Ah, you find the Torah is referred to as a Megillah. He may possibly be Megillah Sefer. It's referring to these eight parashiyas. These eight parashiyas, take a look at Rashi, could be, were all written on Rosh Chodesh Nisan. So even though the Torah was really given chasuma, but these eight parashiyas were given at that time, and that's what this is all about. So we have here a very interesting machloikas. Was the Torah written Megillah, Megillah, or was the Torah written in So Moshe Rabbeinu wrote the Torah. The question, however, is, was it written in one shot at the end of the 40 years, right before the end of Moshe Rabbeinu's life, or maybe it was written in real time. It was written piece by piece. If you look in the Ramban, in his Aktoma, to his Pirush al it's right in the beginning. I'll just read to you a little bit. Moshe Rabbeinu, Kosov HaSefer HaZeh, in my Torah Kula, mi Pivshal HaKadosh Baruch Moshe Rabbeinu wrote the Sefer Torah, but obviously he wrote what HaKadosh Baruch Hu told him to write. V'akarev says the Ramban, it seems reasonable, Shekosve Baharsinai. That when, when did Moshe Rabbeinu write the Torah? Baharsinai. Kishom Nemaloi, that's when Hashem told him, Alei Elai Ohara, Veheyesham, Veedne Luchas, Luchas Yisrael Evan, Vatayrav HaMitzvah, Asher Kosafti Lodeiroisam. Says the Ramban, Luchas Yisrael Evan is referring to the Luchas. When it says Veha Mitzvah, it's referring to 
Mispar Hamitzvah Skulon, Aseva Loisase. In Cain, Vahatoira, what does Vahatoira mean? Yichlal Hasipurim, Bitchil Aspirations. Kihumoira Anoshim, Bederich Bin Yeramuno. So says Ramban, if the Possek says that Moshe Rabbeinu was received on Har Sinai, Luchay Soeven, Vahatoira Vahamitzvah, those four words, Luchay Soeven, one, Torah 2, Mitzvah 3, which seem to encompass the Torah in its totality. Luchay Sa'evan is the Aseret Sadibris, Torah is the Mitzvah, and the Mitzvah is everything else. So that's what Moshe Rabbeinu received the Torah. That's when everything was given to Moshe Rabbeinu. It's the Hakar of the Einai. It's interesting, he's not sure, says the Ramban, but that's what he thinks. Now, Moshe Rabbeinu descends from the mountain. He wrote from Bereshis until the end of Sefer Shemais. The rest of the Torah. So Moshe Rabbeinu received the entire Torah on Har Sinai. Moshe Rabbeinu descends from Har Sinai. He writes from Bereshis until after the Sipur HaMishkan. And then, at the end of the Shnasar Boim, before Moshe Rabbeinu passes away, that's when he writes everything else. But says the Ramban, this is true. According to Ramban, that says that the Torah was given or written Megillah Megillah. According to Ramban, that says the Torah was given in one shot. Everything was written at the end of the 40 years. So when did Moshe Rabbeinu receive the Torah on Harsina? When did he write the Torah? That's a machoikis on our Gemara. Megillah, Megillah, or Torah Chasuma. Says the Ramban, what's the beer? The beer is as follows. Chasuma is easy. At the end of the 40 years, Moshe Rabbeinu wrote the whole state of Torah. What does Megillah, Megillah mean? So you look in Rashi here in our Gemara, it sounds like maybe in real time, parasha by parasha. Says the Ramban, no, it wasn't like that. It was written in two shots. According to Madame Megillah, Megillah, he wrote the first part of the Torah, Beriditay Menahar, when he descended from the mountain, he wrote from Bereshes until after the Sipur Mishkan, and the rest of the Torah he wrote at the end of the 40 years. Says the Ramban, I have a very obvious question. If Moshe Rabbeinu wrote the Torah, then shouldn't the Torah have began? Why doesn't it start that way? Says the Ramban. Moshe Rabbeinu didn't write the Torah in first person. Like Sifri Neviyam are written. Like Yechesko writes. Or Yermio says. The Torah is not written that way. Wrote the Torah in third person. And that's why the Torah says, even though Moshe Rabbeinu is the one writing it. So Moshe Rabbeinu is writing that Hashem spoke to Moshe. Moshe is writing, Hashem spoke to me. It's the Torah. The Torah was written in third person, and that's why you don't even have Moshe Rabbeinu's name mentioned until Moshe Rabbeinu was finally born. Frank the Ramban, you'll ask me a kasha, parashas v'eschanon, v'eschanon el Hashem be'isahileimar. There it is in the first person. The Ramban answers that question. But what's the Yisoyed? And this is really the punchline of this Ramban. The reason the Torah is written in the third person and the Torah is not written in the first person is for a very obvious, fundamentally important reason. Because although Moshe Rabbeinu wrote the Torah, he's not the author of the Torah. He didn't compose the words of the Torah. That's 
Kfira. Eight Tzarech The Torah was around before Moshe Rabbeinu. It was around before Bria Sa'olam. What Moshe Rabbeinu did was, I'm skipping, he named Moshe Kisoifer. Hamatik misoifer kadmoim v'koysef. The Torah was written by Moshe, but it was plagiarized. Moshe was writing something that had already been written, something that was written well before the world was created. V'lachem kosav stam. Avol ze emes uborer hu shekol ha-Torah metchila sefer b'reishas adlaini kol Yisrael nemra mipiv shal HaKadosh Baruch Hu la'oznav shal Moshe and it was written Moshe Rabbeinu was writing something that Hashem told him to write and something that had pre-existed Moshe Rabbeinu it had pre-existed Briyos HaOlam so who wrote the Torah? Moshe Rabbeinu wrote the Torah how did he write it? and when exactly did he give it to the Yidin? was it written Megillah Megillah? was it written in one shot. That's my chalikas in the Gemara. What does Megillah Megillah mean? From Rashi in the Gemara, it sounds like maybe piece by piece. The Ramban says it would be two shots. From the beginning until the Sipra Mishkan, and then part two would be everything else. Does that mean that Moshe Rabbeinu made up the words of the Torah? Chas Moshe Rabbeinu was writing something that Hashem told him to write, something that had already been written, something that had existed already from, the time, from before the times of and it's for that reason that although Moshe Rabbeinu wrote the Torah, the Torah is not written in the first person the way Sifri Hanavimar, with the exception of certain Psukim and Mishnah Torah, which Ramban addresses, but rather it's written in the third person. The majority of the Torah is Torah Shabbat there's a minority of the Torah that's Torah Shabbat Shabbat. Most of the Torah is Torah Shabbat It's the opposite. Roiv of the Torah is Torah Shabbat There's only a meat of the Torah that's Torah Shabbat Shabbat. 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 The majority of the Torah is pi advar me'ela. Pi is milosh in Torah shabal peh. Ve'idach nami yaksiv eftach le'ru b'terasi. Ve'it the Gemara, the manama that says the rov of the Torah is Torah shabal peh, doesn't it say echtav lo'ru b'terasi? Yahu atwe'a kametamo. The Gemara means there is belosh in bitmiya. That's the way you understand the passing. Echtav le'ru b'terasi. Should I have given them more Torah? K'mayzar nechshavu. What they have, they don't even properly appreciate. It's more bitmiya. Ve'idach nami yaksiv al ki'ap the one that says the Rebbe the Torah doesn't it say says the Gemara what it means is that the Iker Krisas bris there's a certain Chashivos to the Torah because it's more difficult I mean that it's more difficult there's more Chashivos you should write the Torah the and it says the end of that same Pasuk Ksoiv sounds like Teresh B'Ksav. Kialpi sounds like Teresh B'Apet. How do you reconcile the two things? The answer is, this Teresh B'Ksav and this Teresh B'Apet. Teresh B'Ksav, Yat Teresh B'Apet. The Teresh B'Ksav, you're not allowed to say B'Apet. Dvarm B'Apet, Yat Teresh B'Ksav. Dvei Rabbi Shmuel Tana, Eila, that the Makar, that you're not allowed to Right, the Teresh Vapet is learned out from the word Eila. Ki alpi advarim ha'eila, karati yit chabris, Eila at What I'm telling you to write, you're allowed to write. But v'yat ha'koysev ha'lochis, Teresh Vapet, you're not allowed to write. And one final Gemara regarding Teresh Vapet, Amr Rabbi Yechanan, Rabbi Yechanan said, Le'koraz ha'kadosh baruchu brisim Yisrael, Ela v'shvil dvarim shvapet. Kadosh baruchu made a covenant with the Yidin over the Torah. Which Torah? Which part of the Torah? The Torah Shabbat and Nemek Yalpi Atvar Me'ela Karatchi Itchabris Ves Yisrael. So there's a lot to talk about on the topic of Torah Shabbat. Me'at Hashem will start with that tomorrow, but just a little bit more Gemara. So the Mishnah said different things that you do Mipnei Darki Shalom, and one of those things was Ma'arvim Bebayis Yashem Mipnei Darki Shalom. So back in the day, 
people very often in order to carry and get from point A to point B, you'd have to make a Ruvik Hatzeres. So we're familiar with what the basic concept of Ruvik Hatzeres is. They would take Mazen Shtei Sudais and they would put it in a house. So says the Mishnah that once a certain house was used once for the Mazen Shtei Sudais for the Ruvik Hatzeres, you're supposed to always use the same house. And the reason is with the Dark My time. But what exactly is the Dark Shalom? Mishum Kovid. Are you worried about the Kovid of the people that had the Muslim Shtei Sudais, the box of matzahs, the proverbial box of matzahs in their house previously. But if that's the case, and that's what you're worried about, and that's where the darky Shalom may play out, but there was a shoifer, Rashi says, what's the shoifer that we're talking about? So in the olden days, they used to blow a shoifer, there's a whole halachas of how the shoifers are supposed to be blown before Shabbos, so everyone should know that Shabbos is coming. Previously, it was in the house of Rabbi Yehuda. But then it ended up in Rabbi's house. So you see, it bounced from house to house. So if there's an element of COVID, then with regards to the Muslim Shtei Sudais, why don't you have the same element of COVID regarding the Shaifer? It has nothing to do with COVID. Rather, it's related to Chshat. We're concerned that if everyone knows that the Muslim Shtei Sudais used to be in Ruven's house, and one day you walk into Ruven's house, you don't see it over there, people are going to say, oh, one second, there's no Erev. Now, they don't know that it's in Shimon's house, so that's where the Dark Shalom is going to play out. The next halacha that was mentioned was Bar Shehu Kariv La'amo. So this is back in an agricultural society, so we're not farmers, but once upon a time, in order to get water from the Nahar, from the river to your fields, there was like an irrigation system that was put in place, pipes, canals, that would travel, that would take the water where you needed it to get. So the Mishnah was discussing farmers people that owned land, and they would have a bar, they would have a pit, that was like a personal dam, where they would store water for, I would say, a rainy day, but for a not rainy day, when they're going to need some extra water, they would be able to take that water. So the Mishnah said that where did the farmers get that water from to fill up their bar? They took it from the Nar. The problem is, in order to fill up your bar, you would have to temporarily stop the stream of the river. You interrupt the stream of the river, you take some water, you would direct it into your bar, and then you were able to fill up your bar. The question is, people may stop fighting. So if you have a whole bunch of people that live along a stream of water, so Reuven's going to tell Shimon, you can't just interrupt the flow of water to fill up your bar. Are you allowed to do it? You're not allowed to do it. So the answer is, everyone's allowed to do it. Who gets to do it first? So the halacha is, Barsha, who karev whoever's closest to the Amma, he goes first. And the reason is, people that live along the banks of a river, so this river went downstream. So it started upstream and made its way downstream. So Rav said that the people that were on the bottom, they're the ones that had first dips. I mean, you have to let the water flow naturally. And the people that are on the bottom, they're going to get the water first, so they can use the water to irrigate their field, and then the people on top are going to come afterwards. The No, the people on top, they're the ones that go first. Says If it's just going on its own, then there's no machloikis. The whole shaila is when you're going to have to interrupt the stream of the river in order to water your field. The ones on top come first. 
Amri, Dan Amri, Kirin Tvei, we're closest. Verabba, Matatoyish, Asa, Mayabresh, one of the bottom come first. The Amri, they could say, Nahari, Kapash, Lazel. No, we're just, why you have no right to interrupt it? Let it go. If you let it go naturally, the ones at the bottom are going to get it first, then the ones that get it first. So, Gemara, Tanah, we learned in our Mishnah, but our Karav, La'amah, Mismala, Rishma, they Dark Yishalem, the bar that's closest to the Amma, that's the source, that would be upstream, comes first. So it seems to be a Raya to Shmuel. Rav said the ones on the bottom come first. Here you see the ones that are closest to the source of the river. They come first. Maybe the Mishnah is talking about where it flows naturally. I would have thought, you could have argued that maybe the people on the bottom have a right to tell the people on top that I want you to proactively plug your river so that the water shouldn't be able to come down. We don't have that. The should be like one, nor like the other, called the Olam Gavar. Whoever is strongest, whoever has, whoever is more powerful, he's ultimately the one that's going to play out. One final Gemara, Simi Barashi, also the Kamidabai. Simi Barashi once came to Abai. Omale, Lusamar Beidna, can you be my Chavrusa? I want you to learn with me. So Omale, he told him, Isli Idna, I'm sorry, I already have all my Chavrusas, I don't have any time to learn with you. The Lusamar Belay, let's see, what about at night? Maybe at night you have some time. So Omale, Sabai, you told him, Isli Mayalashkuya, at night I work. So I water my fields at night. This is Abaya talking. Amale says, you know what? I know Mashkino Leilamar. If you want, I'll do the work for you, be your mama, during the day. So you won't have to work for yourself at night. And you learn with me at night. Amale says, Abaya heard what he said. He said, Lachia. Sounds like a good idea. So this, Rapsimi Bar Ashi, who's now working for Abaya, so Abaya lived, he had his field somewhere along the bank of the river. So he goes to the people that were on top, they were upstream. Amalehu, Tato, you can't interrupt the flow of the water because the people on come from first. Oslo Tatoy, then he went to the people on the bottom. People on top come first. He was able to do his thing. He told the people the bottom, told the people on bottom on top, and like this, he was the one. Now, the truth is, the Gemara just said, Allah is not like Rav, it's not like Shmuel. So, in a way, he was telling the truth to both of them. But he did something that was a little greasy, a little unclean, and that's what he did. So, the Gemara says, When Abai heard about this, Omelie told him, obviously. What, you took on both Chumras? You told the people on bottom that Allah is like Shmuel, and the people on top that Allah is like Rav? That you can't do. And Abai, out of a Chumri, didn't want to have any benefit from anything that grew that year, and for that reason, he didn't touch anything. Just one interesting tzushtel, and we'll finish with this. So, Abaya used to learn during the day, and he used to work at night, so that's pretty interesting. Abaya, but perhaps a tzushtel, the Gemara Masech, this brachas, the flamet, heyamet beis. So we all know the machleik is Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Shmuel said, a person should learn Torah, and if he has to work to support his family, that's okay. That's something he's allowed to do. Rav Shem says, no, if a person is going to support his family, you can't have it both ways. Says the Gemara, Omer said, I saw many people do it Rav Shem way and it worked. Rav Shem way and it didn't work. So it's Abayi Lishitasai that Abayi had a job. Abayi used to work at night. He used to water his field. But it could be, where did Abayi say See that it doesn't work, because he thought he was going to make it work. He had it all worked out. He was going to learn during the day, and he hired someone to water his field to have it malachted But ultimately, it didn't work out. You see that it didn't play out. He couldn't have any benefit from it. Zabaya, personal experience, firsthand. They tried making it work, but they also beyond them, it didn't happen.